This is Mimi A and welcome to the MSG pod. I'm really happy today to tell you that I have the chef, TV star, restauranter, food writer and author of two best-selling cookbooks, Korean Food Made Simple and Korean Soul Food, the amazing Judy Ju. Hi. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much, Judy, for joining me. Thank you. I like that. Judy Ju. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. I don't have a drum roll, so that's a close. Okay. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. And you are you are where you're you're not in the UK right now. You're you're in New York, do you say? I'm in New York City right now. I came out here to spend the holidays with my family. So. Oh, yeah. okay. That's really nice. Mm. And you're wearing a very nice wintry jumper. It's so, so I'm cold. It's yes. Cold. <laughs> we. It is snowing. It snowed all night, and the right. streets and everything. Everything's covered in snow right now. And it's still coming down, so yeah, it's it's oh. a cold day today. Yeah, is it is it the kind of cold day where you think you'd want to go for a walk, or do you think you just want to hide inside? You know that that is all dependent on the wind. If it's windy, I don't want to do. It. But if it's like cold and it's not windy, I I I'm okay with that. It's just about you know being dressed appropriately. Yeah. yeah, well, because like, you look very adorable and very snug right Thank now. Thank you, so. yeah, and cuddly, <laughs> cozy, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's good. Um, so, obviously, from my introduction, people can tell that you are a very multi-talented person. Um, but if you were forced to describe yourself, just what you do, using just one phrase or concept, what would you say? What would you say? I try. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, I was thinking that she was going to describe herself as like entrepreneur. (laughs) No. I try. I try really hard. Um, Yeah. I I mean, if if you want kind of like a little bit more of a serious answer, but yeah, you know, I I um, I'm a chef, restaurateur, entrepreneur, author, TV personality, and um, yeah, just trying to make my way through this world in this in this very interesting industry do you like feel like you enjoy all the things you do equally or do you sometimes go oh, actually um, I'm a bit sick of this I mean you don't have to specify but do you feel like sometimes I'm a bit sick of this I want yeah. to focus on this area of my life a bit more or, or do you like uh, the mix I mean I like a mix I think a mix is, is quite fun um, and, it, mm-hmm. and it, it definitely keeps things wide and varied um, I particularly like um, writing books so hopefully I've got oh. some more coming up in the new year. Um, I, love, I love developing and coming up with, with new recipes. I, I absolutely love that. I think it's just, it's just kind of fun. I, I treat the kitchen like a laboratory and, um, you know, kind of experiment. So I, I think that, that that's always really fun. Um, I, I like the television work also just because it's quite easy. <laughs> you know? It's a, yeah, it seems I mean, quite stressful to me. <laughs> yeah, no, I kind of have like a bit of the gift of gab. So it's... Um, I, I think that I think the whole thing is you just just can't think about it too much, but yeah, right, it's good. So, yeah. you, so do you think you you don't take it take yourself too seriously? No, you, you can't. The, the you can't in this world. Otherwise, you just become too stressed out and unhappy. I think <laughs> you have to just learn to laugh at yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's a really yeah. really good rule in life. Mm. I think. Um, so you were just kind of going back to like your career as a restauranter. So you were the chef patron of Jinju until 2019, is that right? Um, yes, yes. 
owner and then owner we, and chef Pat Patron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then you did a, a kind of quite what I would think is quite a rare and brave thing, which is basically if if I'm getting my dates right, during the pandemic, you you kind of started a new venture. I did. Um, I did. Which is incredible. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's totally idiotic, but I opened up. Um, <laughs> I opened up two new venues during the pandemic, so we've mm. actually not seen a single day of normal trade in either of the locations. Oh, um, it's always been in this kind of strange artificial it's, pandemic. Yeah, world. it's it's really weird, and also. Um, because I, I'm located in, in malls, my, my fast casual concept's called Soulbird, um, a lot of the trade in malls is based around tourism and there just hasn't been any oh, tourism. The footfall. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so the footfall, particularly in the um, Westfield Shepherd's Bush Mall, ha- has been down, obviously, tremendously since, since the pan- pandemic began. And then uh, my other location um, in Canary Wharf, you know, w- mm-hmm. it was picking up a lot. And then with the um, new stay-at-home mandate that just happened about a few weeks ago, happened. And again, you know, um, yeah, I was going to say because you would have had lot, a, a lot of office workers, I guess. As yes, it could be, as well as yes, definitely. In, in Canary Wharf, um, it's more office workers. Um, obviously, yeah. there's a lot of uh, residential uh, people who are living there but um, Mm -hmm. you know so that one is more dependent on the office workers we don't get so many uh, tourists in the Canary Wharf area but um, again we're uh, because of the stay-at-home mandate we're not getting as many um, customers coming through there but uh, yeah we've seen business um, drop off in the Canary Wharf location Westfield just because of the shopping of the holiday season has been 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 holding a bit bit. is it picked up a bit but it's still nowhere near the levels of pre-pandemic yeah in terms of what the mall has measured for footfall yeah yeah Mm -hmm. but I mean I really admire you and obviously you know your team because you have been able to keep it going because obviously a lot of places... It's been hard, yeah. It's been hard. I Um, I mean, we've had to close the Westfield Shepherd's Bush location one um, four times over the the course of the pandemic because the mall kept on closing. The mall was open, closed, open, closed, all this stuff. And then uh, then we had a COVID outbreak, so then we had to close again. Um, So it's been a very, very challenging time for hospitality in general. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we need the government to step in and help. Definitely. There was, a, Absolutely. there was a petition I signed recently, but mm. yeah, they, they don't seem to be providing the support now no. that they did initially, uh-uh. which is a bad thing, obviously. I think so. Yeah, this in-between thing of like saying, you can stay at home. We suggest you stay at home if you want to. It, it just doesn't yeah. work, you know? Um, no. They just kind of had to do one thing or the other, and I think that was their their way of saying, okay, you know, we want people to stay safe, but we don't want to actually dip back into our coffers and offer assistance anymore. Yeah, they don't want to take any responsibility. That's yeah, the bottom line. Yeah. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. What? Tell me more about the concept of Soulbird, though. Tell, tell, yeah. tell, tell me what, what what your food's like. Yeah. Kind of so um, we had so much success from the Korean fried chicken that we were serving at at, at Jinju. We decided um, this is Andy Hales, my COO. We've been working together for over ten ten years now, and he's he's an absolute um, gem. You know, um, mm-hmm. I always say that nothing in my life would happen without him and so um we we, we've we partnered up we both left jinju and decided you know um like we want to do fast casual like we we don't want to do the the formal restaurant thing anymore um we left fine dining a while ago um 
you know, uh, for for a reason. And uh, we saw that there was a gap in the market. We could do something that was kind of a one trick pony to some extent, um, following like the Shake Shack model or, um, you know, like right. a, and offering that as a little bit more upscale, a little bit more gourmet, completely fresh, um, you know, free of 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 just kind of all that, you know, pink slime that McDonald's has been <laughs> accused of, like all of that, um, you know, kind of artificial um, things, you know, so we wanted to to come into the market with, with, with a chicken concept. Um, uh, uh-huh. Again, the flagship and the focus is, uh, our flagship product is the um, fried chicken, but we obviously have grilled chicken as well, but uh, yeah. yeah. But you know, this is the, this is the good KFC. It <laughs> is, like, it this is. is. This is Korean fried chicken. So Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. H- have you tried it yet? I know, you know what, because obviously because you opened during the pandemic and I have basically not really left my house for Oh my God, wow. Okay. Which is why pe- people can't see this, but as my wallpaper, as my background, I've got, is this your Canary Wharf branch here? Yes, oh, it I is, think. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've got my wallpaper of my destination. Oh, I, that's, I love it. I love I it. Yeah, no, great. Yeah. Please just let us um, know. We'd love to have you in. Uh, yeah. No, definitely, definitely. Um, so and that sounds, I mean, that sounds good. And I think, it, it, like you said, you've captured something that people need, which is kind of comfort food, but also fun food. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just something that is really necessary right now when everything's quite, you know, dark. Absolutely. Basically. I mean, like our, our one of our slogans is we won't hug you, but our food will. Oh. <laughs> and, um, and I think it's just, yeah, that, that whole thing of, of comfort food. Um, mm. And, you know, people are, are drawn to nostalgia now and, um, yeah. you know, kind of like these, these comfort foods, foods from our childhood. And, um, and I think that that's kind of what, what, pe- what people want right now. And then, um, you know, yes, it's, it's Korean fried chicken, but at the end of the day, it's just really good fried chicken. And, it's, um, and you yeah. can have it with, you know, we, we have international sauces. You can have it with like a blue cheese sauce or, or, or something. You know, you don't have to have it with, with the Korean sauces. But if you want to, yeah. you can definitely, um, you know, jazz it up with some, some Korean flair. So there's something for everybody. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, like what you were saying, I think fried chicken is universal. It reminds me of um, someone I know a couple of days ago made um, Burmese fried chicken from my recipe. Uh. And she was saying that she served it with potato wedges and blue cheese sauce. Mm. And she said, oh, you know, is this sacrilege? I'm like, no, no, definitely not. Just, you know, it's chicken is chicken and it's amazing. Yeah. So, and, I, you know, it completely goes with those dishes. Yeah. So if you yeah. want to keep it Burmese, do so. But otherwise, mix it up. That's not yeah. an issue. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, people are always asking asking me questions about how authentic I, I keep things, you know, and mm. and I think that for any cuisine to be able to go global, um, and you see this with the, the cuisines that, that are already global, you know, like Chinese cuisine and Italian cuisine, etc., you know, they always mm. evolve and they adapt in different countries. Um, I mean, mm. Chinese American food is not food that you find in China, same with Italian American yeah. food, you know, and um, it, it, Japanese food, you know, too, like California rolls are not from Japan, you'd be hard pressed no. to find a California roll in Japan and, right. and things. So um, I think that the food just, yeah, evolves. Mm-hmm. Your food, would you describe it as Korean American or Korean British now that you're here? Um, you know, it's, you're in it's, it's a bit of everything, I would say, okay. you know, definitely, because I've definitely been, been influenced. And if you go through my cookbooks also, you'll, you'll, you'll see that, you know, I've got, um, 
you know, something like kimchi mac and cheese. Mac and cheese, I think, is, is quite is quite American. And um, mm. as well as like, you know, like a kalbi steak pie, which is quite British, you know. Um, I'll have, oh, nice. yeah, I have things like, like yuzu, which is a citron tea. Um, yuzu lemon posset, which is a very English oh, dessert, you amazing. know. Yeah, and then something like green tea monkey bread. And monkey bread is, is very American, you know. So I, I'm okay. pulling Explain inspiration. Explain what yeah. monkey bread is, because I don't uh, know what monkey, monkey bread is basically um, just, you know, um, those round donuts? We call them munchkins. It's like the donut oh. holes, you know, like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. they're like round little donuts. So it's basically yeah. round donuts that have... Um, been um dredged and coated in like cinnamon sugar oh. and in my case like green tea and stuff and then oh um, my gosh and then the dough balls are stuffed into a bundt cake mold and then Ooh. um and then you bake that so um okay. and i think it was called monkey bread because after it's baked you kind of like pull on it and you 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 like you pull on it like a monkey and oh, you get like just, a little yeah, piece yeah yeah, you know? yeah, yeah okay. you kind of pick at it um that and then and you amazing. and you frost it and things with, with 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 some nice icing and stuff yeah but it's delicious yeah that's cool. That that kind of reminds me of something you said on your Instagram um, once. I think you, I, I'm assuming this was quite tongue in cheek because you said that you you had a mission to kimchiify everything. Oh so. yeah, definitely. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that you know kimchi is one of these condiments that just makes everything taste better. You know, it doesn't matter what you put it on. And believe me, I've put it on a lot of weird things, but it just tastes so good. I mean, anything that just needs like a bit of a spicy, crispy pickle you know, yeah. to like lift things. So pizza, burgers, mac and cheese, um, you know, pasta, eggs, you name it. It's just, you know, grilled cheese, toasties, baked mm. potatoes. Like I had one on a jacket potato with, um, with, with sweet corn tuna <laughs> the other day. I just put some chopped oh, kimchi nice. on top. That was so good. Um, yeah, it's just like kimchi is so, so good in so many things. Yeah. And it's it's become kind of so globally um, kind of popular. It's, it's it's kind of quite funny. Um, so we have like a pickle that we make in Burma, which um, uses kind of similar cabbage leaves, kind of greens, that kind of thing. And I know historically we always used to describe it to people as being Burmese sauerkraut, mm -hmm. but I've noticed like the past couple of years it's now being referred to as Burmese kimchi. So oh. it's kind of it's the cultural reference that mm -hmm. people are using now, which yeah. is just very interesting. Yeah, so. yeah, no, that yeah that. That is a good thing, yeah. So it is kind of crazy that you can just you can get these products everywhere, and it's kind of funny also the fact that you know sources like gochu. I'm going to say this wrong. Is it gochujang? Yeah, gochujang. Yeah, yeah. That, that that you can get in your Tesco now, which I yeah. find amazing. It's great. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah. No, I I you know I'm I'm liking this domination because <laughs> we yeah. need flavor, exactly. right? We need flavor and exactly. Spice. Flavor and spice, and I think that. Um, <laughs> You know, ethnic cuisine now, I mean, so many different countries, spices and, and herbs and condiments are, are going global. And, um, you know, it, it, this like fusion cuisine, I think, is, is something that um, you're just going to see more and more of. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about going global, um, this, I just w wondered, what do you think about the fact that kind of Korean films and TV have suddenly like kind of been the thing to watch for everybody the, yeah. the, and then the music as well the music obviously yeah 
Yeah. Do, 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 are you into any of this, or do you, are you kind of yeah. a bit cynical about this? No, How do you feel I mean, about um, this? I'm not. I'm not a massive uh, follower of K-pop, but I can I can kind of <laughs> see the appeal. But I'm not the demographic either. You know, I'm like <laughs> way too old yeah, to be a, to be a K-pop fan. Um, and, uh, you're, I think you're you're in your forties, like yeah, I am. Right? Yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like we're allowed yeah. to like say that we we don't really know about this K-pop. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like you hear the songs all the time. You know. You yeah. Turn on the radio and it's BTS or Blackpink or something. You know, you you can't mm. kind of like get around from like not hearing the music and it's catchy and you know whatever. But but I I mean I find it kind of like mat manufactured, which it is. But um, I I can see the 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 appeal and and um and I, I think it's fantastic. You know that that you know these bands out of this small country Korea like can can get global like this and being you know, equated yeah. to that of the Beatles, you know, it's, it's yes. absolutely insane. Oh, you, you've got the BTS army, haven't you? You've yeah. Got, like, fans yeah. that, mm-hmm. I mean, it's quite interesting, the influence of the BTS army, they had it's this insane. thing recently where they've been kind of being able to change the social media discourse for, for good, yeah. using their powers for good. Absolutely. Like hijacking hashtags that are used by, you know, maybe right wing elements. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they, they definitely like drowned out all the like hashtags of all the like white supremacy groups yeah. and things. And they, uh, they bought out all of the tickets for like a Trump rally and didn't yes. show up and all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, I love. I think they're great. I know. I love them. Um, and then all of the the Korean dramas and soap operas, you know, and things like like Squid mm. Squid Games. They're they're fantastic. Mm. You know, I think that what's what's so good is that actually the acting is truly phenomenal. Like the acting mm. is very good. And the storylines are very unique and rare, and and they're full of surprises. Like you know, um, I feel like to to some extent in the in in Western in the Western film space or whatever, there's this like unwritten law that you can't kill off um, like a, a crowd favorite character. Whereas like in Korea, yeah. they have no loyalties of killing off yeah. like the crowd. No fa- you like fall all. in love with like a character and then he's like dead all of a sudden. <laughs> You're like, oh shit. Yeah. You know? exactly. yeah. It's just incredibly brave the way that, it is. Yeah. yeah. It's, people it's, aren't necessarily used to. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of why, um, you know, some of these other dramas that have done so incredibly well, you know, is because they're full of those plot twists that you can't necessarily predict. Like, 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 like Game of Thrones. Like, like Squid Games, you know, it's yeah. it's things that um, that you watch it and you're completely surprised. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. It's the twists and turns. Yeah. Talking of Squid Game, can mm. you make Dalgona candy? Have you? Ever oh yeah, it? yeah, yeah. That's so easy. It's su- <laughs> it's like three ingredients. If that, it's yeah. It's just yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit actually about kind of your career path because anyone who's um, familiar with you will know that it, it's it's been quite twisty and turny right you uh, it has you been didn't... yeah so you you kind of you started off um as a is a financial analyst is that right on wall street i was in sales and trading yeah so i um i i did my analyst program so that's analyst is more of a um of a level there's analysts, okay. associate, vice president, executive, you know, directors and all, all that stuff. So it's like you're okay. the bottom. It's like a commie chef level, you know, so you're an okay. analyst. So it's an entry point 
Um, yeah, so I spent two years as an analyst and then I was an associate, you know, so, um, so analyst is kind of just like your title. Yeah. Um, in terms of like the bottom rung ranking, um, employee, but yeah. So, and and then I went into, but I was in fixed income and sales trading and research. Um, Uh and then I went into, um, just in, in, into sales trading. Yeah. In Uh fixed income derivatives. Mm -hmm. And, and then you decided to make the switch into you know, being a chef, how did, how did that come about? What, what yeah, I was just kind of, I just became disenfranchised with the whole finance world. I didn't love it. I didn't have a passion for it. And yeah. I, I was like, I just want to do something that I absolutely love and enjoy. And uh, for me, that was quite easy to, to figure out. Like I always knew I loved cooking and food. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people go through this thing of like, you know, like, what is it that I like to do? Like, what is it that I like I, I, I enjoy, you know, what is it that mm. I'm naturally, um, adept at, you know? And, mm. um, but, but for me, luckily, like I, I already knew that cause I was obsessed with, with, with food and restaurants <laughs> and everything. And, um, so I decided just, just to take the plunge and I quit. And then I enrolled in cooking school in New York city at the French culinary Institute and the rest is history. How did how did your parents react to that? Because oh, they were very you... not happy. Yeah, no, <laughs> definitely not at at all. Um, you know, particularly because they had sacrificed so much for oh, my wow. education. You know, I I went to an Ivy League school um, in uh-huh. New York City, and you know, and um, they really, you know, my father is a North Korean war refugee, so it was like blood, oh, sweat, wow. and tears to to get. Um, you know, to make food, you know, to make money, to, to get anything. It was just, you know, my parents really started from nothing, absolutely nothing, uh-huh. like no savings, no money, no, no silver spoons in their mouths or anything. Uh-huh. Like they immigrated with absolutely no money. And back then you weren't allowed to bring money in, into the country, sure. you know? So, um, it was, it was a really, um, like a grassroots startup type of, of, of upbringing and, um, they they work so hard you know and these schools in america are expensive you know it's not like in in england yeah. where education is subsidized in america it is obscenely expensive to go to these these elite private schools i mean it's exceedingly difficult to get into them also you yes. know i mean it's so hard um i would never get in now but um <laughs> i wouldn't it, it's so difficult it's so hard um and um, so my parents were not happy. They're like, you know, we've just sacrificed so much and spent all this money for education. And, and to them, it felt like I was going backwards in life. I wasn't going forward. Like, why would oh. I choose to to go into a profession, which for them was very much blue collar, had zero respect. Yeah. You didn't go yeah. to... Uh, you didn't go to to college or university to become a chef. Like, why was I doing this? I was I was absolutely going into Throwing something. everything away. <laughs> yeah, I was going into something that they felt was quite beneath me, you know. And mm. I was like, well, I don't care what you say. I'm just gonna I'm gonna do this anyway. <laughs> and um, the rest is history. Yeah. Have Have they forgiven you? <laughs> yeah, they have. You know, <laughs> I mean, they 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 still quite don't understand oh. what I do really but, do you say uh, look I, I have books I'm on yeah TV. yeah con- concrete examples of like what yeah yeah to. they kind of like some things resonate with them some things don't you know like um 
like when I had my, um, you know, I had two series of Korean Food Made Simple on, on Food Network, Ooh. and there were 10 episodes each. And so I was like, Mom, you know, you got to watch um, my show. It, another, Ooh. you know, like the second episode is coming out this weekend or whatever. She's like, well, I saw it already. I'm like, no, you saw the first episode. She's like, I already watched it. I'm like, no, there are 10 new episodes. She's like, I saw it already. I'm like, you didn't see it yet. You know, so like <laughs> they like kind of like didn't understand it, you oh, know, man. and like. I, I think- yeah. Your mom and my mom would get it. Oh, completely. I mean, there's just like some things that resonate with them and some things just go right over their head. Like they just don't care. Yeah. Talking actually about your education. So you you went to Columbia, is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. Because I, you know, I, I, I was obviously doing some research in you. <laughs> um, and I found that there was this um, thing on the Columbia University website which talked about the the seven most inspiring Columbia graduation speeches, so speeches given to the people graduating. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, there's only seven people there, and you're one of them. And, like, the other people on this list are President Joe Biden, President Barack Obama, and multiple Academy Award winner Meryl Streep. No, it's kind of crazy, right? have been mind-blowing. I mean, yeah. that's amazing. What I, an amazing honor. It's such an they honor. They must really, really love you and respect <laughs> you to um, have you on that list. I know, it's crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know how I made that on, on that. And actually, I'm, I'm, <laughs> um, my friend told me I'm in the... Um, the uh, college admissions brochure you know they like send out a book that's like this thick to all the perspective which tells about the courses and the curriculum and the school and everything and they have this this one area of distinguished alumni of like again like eight people i think and and i i'm literally showed that to your mom yeah so that that one exactly (laughs) so that and and literally in that one my picture is next to barack obama president barack obama and ruth bader ginsburg (laughs) justice ruth (gasps) bader what am I doing on this list? It's absolutely insane. Just I know. Roll, roll with it, and that's what you show your mom. Exactly. You say, well, mom, yeah. I'm so here. look at this website. Yeah. I'm next to President Obama. I know. So, so my parents came to my uh, graduation speech, which was which was oh, great. Oh. Yeah, in in New York, and I mean that was very nerve wracking because that was like six thousand people live. You know, Ooh. like a, a sea of people and. Um, you know, I, 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 um, I'm obviously used to doing a lot of television and, but, but this one, this speech was particularly important because, um, you know, you're, you're talking to such smart people. You're talking to all the academia, you're talking to all the students, you're talking to all their parents, their grandparents, the, you know, the board of trustees, all the faculty, you know, so you have to like be intelligent yet funny and witty and pithy and memorable and, um, yeah, and, and it's live, so it's... It was, were there professors there who had been there when you were at... Yes, yeah, 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 wow. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. That must have been even more nerve-wracking. It's like, yeah, hi, yeah. <laughs> waving at them. I know. But it, I mean, I, I listened to the speech. It, it is actually a, a beautiful speech. It, I mean, oh, you I, did. it's Thank quite right, you. I think, that you put it there. What I, what I really liked, actually, is the quote that they, they actually extracted, which is where you said... And again, this made me kind of feel like, well, put it this way. Okay, so obviously I've known you for a while Mm -hmm. and I've always thought you were just kind of like so confident and so poised and just like, (laughs) yeah, you come across as just like amazing. But then what you said when you said, 
you have to realize that everyone is scared. Yeah. And what's going to set you apart is how you deal with that fear and how you power through it. Mm -hmm. And I was really kind of, yeah, that kind of made me feel quite emotional that you said Uh, that. Yeah, it's true. I mean, no, I'm definitely not like as put together as maybe I seem at all. No, it's like a total (laughs) mess. Like, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think that, um, yeah, there's more failure um, in my life than success, definitely. I've always felt underqualified for every single job I've ever taken. Oh, no. You know? Do you have imposter and, syndrome like I mean, so well, many of us? I think that um, a lot of women, no matter what, because we're so incredibly thoughtful, we just think about things too much. The thing, though, is that... Um, Obviously, like, I I felt underqualified, but it doesn't stop me from doing it. You know what I mean? Because so that's the difference. You can't um, let your second guesses hold you back. You just have to go for it and try. And, you know, Uh and so this is the thing, like, you asked me, like, how I describe it. Like, I try, you know, and I think that that's the one thing that you have to just keep doing in life. It's like no matter how many times you get rejected and knocked down and said no and, you know, whatever, you just have to keep on trying and take Mm -hmm. all the opportunities that you can because, you know, even if you feel like you're not qualified, nobody else is 100% qualified. Mm -hmm. You have to remind yourself of that. And you have to just believe in yourself that you're smart enough that you're going to learn it. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, Yeah. so... Yeah. I mean, another thing that you kind of... I've always admired about you is... um, Thank you. I think think you are a very supportive person and you are, you know, you support people in the industry. Um, I've I've obviously seen seen situations where people have been... You know, we get trolls. We all get trolls. People have not been very nice. Definitely. And you're so good at dealing with them and so dignified (laughs) and kind... (laughs) Which I, you know, I, yeah, I, you know, you're a better person than I am. I'll tell you that. Um, but I love the fact that you're also supportive to like, you know, other women. Um, oh, definitely. I read an inter- yeah. Well, I, I read an interview with you where you said that um, we have to stick together and we have to rise together, and that, yeah, that really resonates with me. Absolutely, and you know, you have to realize that the world is big enough for all of us, you know, mm. and we can all succeed, you know, like it's, there is enough, you know, opportunity for all of us, you know, like look at all of the opportunity for the white men out there for, for the white, you know what I mean? And so we just have to like balance it out. Like there should be tons of opportunity for Asian females, minority females, you know, Mm. tons. It's just about paving the way and it's happening now, you know, and, and I hope, and, and, and I'm sure you do too, that we pave the way for more women in the industry to be able to do what we have done and make it easier for them to do mm-hmm. it and make it easier for like a dozen of them to do it, not just one, mm-hmm. you know? So Definitely. it's it's really, um, you know, I, I do, uh, you know, I feel like I'm like a non-sexual lesbian in so many ways because I just love women <laughs> so much, you know? Because, and I do believe that there is a special place in hell for women who don't support uh, other women. I just don't have the patience for it. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. why, especially at our age, like I'm in my 40s, you know, it's like, see the bigger picture, you know, mm-hmm. like, like, you know, we are not going to do this forever and much longer. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. like, like, we need to have like the younger kids kind of coming up now and, yeah. um, 
and and taking you know and we have to pass the baton of eventually yeah completely yeah, yeah. I mean, this is funny because this the conversation i'm having with you it reminds me of the conversation i had with nigella nigella lawson when mm. she was on you don't have that thing where it feels like you're trying to hold on and not let other people in yeah definitely first of all but there, that's, there is the, that's rare that is rare yeah you might, you might not like realize that but it is mm. rare i mean like yeah. even, you know when you were on saturday kitchen that time and you gave a shout out to chef chantal nicholson you know from yeah. treadwells mm. and it's like oh you know you like your tv slot it's a very huge precious thing and people that you know there are people that probably literally killed to be on saturday kitchen yeah and you use your slot to like big up other people oh so nice. yeah um but i mean like these are people who've also helped me in my career you know so Ch- chantelle is like i worked for her v- very early on and she's helped me and i think that that's another important thing is that you never forget who has helped you you know and mm. you always have to remain grateful and have that gratitude and appreciation um mm. and you know you see the same people on the way up as you do on the way down and um you know and you can't stay at the top forever you're always going to need help you know um and um nobody's an island and your your network is is so it's incredibly a small world. it is a very small world and your network your network's invaluable yeah when when did you work with Chantal was that when you were kind of like I the, was, the, um, the fine dining days yeah, was that yeah 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 because you you worked for Gordon Ramsay didn't yeah. you yeah so i did a rotation through all the different restaurants and so that's how i ended up meeting Chantal, yeah. Uh-huh. You were in Ramsey's Kitchens. You worked for. Is, am I right in thinking you worked for Heston Blumenthal for? I a, did. A while as yeah, well? I did a stage there yeah. too. Um, I did um, a stage at the uh, French Laundry, also Thomas Keller's Kitchens. Um, did a stage in uh, Bangkok at Nam for for David Thompson, also. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. So you've got like such a solid grounding in that kind of sector. Um, um yeah I mean I didn't grow up in kitchens you know it's not like mm-hmm. I've been I've been chefing since I was 15 or anything like this you know I got into uh-huh. this in in my in my mid to late 20s but um I've I've done a lot in the industry mm-hmm. you know and I've I've you know ran my own kitchens my own I've owned my own restaurants I'm on my fifth mm. one now um Talk to me um, more about your TV work. So you um, you were on Iron Chef in the UK. So I was one of the four Iron Chefs. So yeah, mm-hmm. and then you became a judge in the the US series. Is yeah. that right? Mm-hmm. What do you prefer doing, judging or competing? Oh, definitely judging. Judging is so much easier. <laughs> you just sit there and you eat great food and make up some commentary. Yeah, no, it's definitely easier. <laughs> and then most recently in this country, you did Cooking with the Stars. Yeah. What was that like to film? Oh, you know what? To film was was a bit weird because of COVID. So we were in a COVID oh, bubble. Okay. So that that was like not a normal filming experience. That that was a lot of fun. Um, I really like teaching. So that was cool. Yeah. It's kind of funny because, you know, we were saying about how we're not necessarily that much into pop culture anymore. I have to say, when I was kind of reading about it and I saw some of it, I was thinking, I recognize the chefs more than I do their celebrities. I know, yeah. <laughs> <just terrible. laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I didn't grow up in England, so I didn't really know who you most have of them are. You know, were and I'll, I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, so I had I had to look most of them up. But yeah, I I, I think with me it was just kind of I'm just completely out of touch. But I saw you were on it, and then the, I saw that um, Nisha Katona, and then Tristan Welch, who yeah. I've known a long time as well. So yeah. it's kind of yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, great like Yeah, that. yeah, great, great friends of mine. Yeah, I have a lot of respect and admiration for for all for all of the chefs involved yeah well i hope there is a new series because i think it was a lot of fun yeah. so hopefully yeah that'd be really cool mm. <laughs> tell me about your um was it food network the korean food made food simple, made simple. yeah mm-hmm. so that ha- we had two seasons of that it still plays on constant rerun in, in southeast mm. asia on, on asian mm-hmm. food network on their um kind of uh, sister channels but that was super fun um, you know, I'm hoping to do kind of more shows like that in the future. But I, I you know, basically went all around Korea, um, you know, to small little corners of the country, everywhere, street food, fine dining, temple food, royal cuisine, everything. Amazing. And then um, met, you know, came back to my kitchen and then um, cooked from inspiration from my travels. So. Yeah. That's okay. Mm. Do you still have family in Korea? Oh, tons, tons, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Did you get the chance to see them or was it just Yeah, some like of them filming, made filming? No, some of them made cameos on my show. Oh, so nice. It was good. Yeah, okay. it was fun. That's mm. good. Oh. And then your book, obviously your best-selling book, Korean Food Made Simple. Did that come because of the show or yes. did that come before? That oh, came okay. with, with with the show. And then um and then uh just before the pandemic, I came out with Korean Soul Food. And then soul food, is that a pun? Yes, it is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. A, a while ago now, I wrote an article about my favourite places in New Malden, so places to eat and drink. Do you do you go to New Malden? Do you go to Koreatown? Or? I do, every now and then. I don't go that often, but I, I go out to H Mart and then I'll stop by a restaurant. And I was going to ask you what your favourite supermarket was. because Oh, H Mart, of course, yeah. H <laughs> Mart. I mean, it's the only one, really, you know. Uh, there, were, there were like little ones. Yeah, they're like, small ones, of, but they're not. H Mart's the one where you can get a massive trolley. And Absolutely. And H Mart in the States is amazing also, and it doesn't just cater towards uh, Korean food oh. like here um you know in, in new jersey also you know it, they cater to all the different ethnic enclaves and so you can literally buy okay. like raw like fresh aloe leaf raw fresh sugar cane that's as tall as me oh, wow. like i mean it's like i'll go through the fruits and vegetables like what is this stuff it's like you know tons of things from like mexico or latin america it's <laughs> it's, it's amazing amazing yeah yeah it is fun actually being able to kind of discover new things like that mm, yeah yeah i know yeah, no, it's I, cool. I feel i feel a visit coming up I, yeah like i said i just haven't left home for such a long oh, time gosh, so yeah I, I need to be more adventurous yeah um i was gonna ask you how did you end up being guest chef for tottenham is it tottenham hotspur yeah 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 they found me yeah so so they really? yeah yeah so they have um i think they choose like five celebrity guest chefs every year and um and when you get we get a certain number of games and then yeah that's it it's just part of yeah yeah because it's funny because i came across that accidentally because someone retweeted that into my timeline it wasn't you Ah. um and then and it was the first time i realized and of course this makes sense that you know uk football clubs have different language channels i had Mm. no idea and so i was like 
hang on, is this, oh, this is Spurs in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it's a video and it's Judy and she's cooking like amazing looking mandu. And <laughs> and, yeah. And I just, it kind of blew my mind. Yeah, it's um, fun. Yeah. Do other football clubs do that? Do you know? Or is this like a specifically Spurs I don't thing? know if other football clubs do that. I'm not quite sure. Um, yeah, I mean, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is quite a special place. It's new and it's innovative. And I think that they're taking that approach also with their H club, you know, for all of their special VIP box holders, you know, and um, they have this like amazing marketing calendar of of just like different types of things that, that, that they offer these people. You know, these people pay right. pay a premium to to eat there and um, ah, yeah mm-hmm. I had no this is a world that's completely unknown yeah, to me so I yeah. was just like I said it blew my mind yeah and I think you mentioned in the video actually that it was one of the nicest kitchens you've ever watched oh it's so well. nice it's new it's so not it's spacious I mean they spent a lot of money on their kitchens and it shows it's and it's so functional like the layout and the operations of it, it it's like they, they've thought of everything it makes sense yeah you did a collaboration was it with Revolution Esports? Are you a sports yeah. person? Are you, are you a sporty person? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I am a sporty person. I've, I've always played sports and um, yeah, we're trying to get some some things off in, in the esports world. So so stay tuned for that. We have some things hopefully that'll um, launch in 2022 in the esports arena. Um, just, just, just some fun collaborations. I'm always looking to kind of, um, you know, have some interesting brand collaborations yeah you know it's not an obvious one that would have occurred to me but you know I saw I watched the little video that you did and I just thought oh this is actually you know this is kind of I don't want to say on brand because that makes you sound like a you know corporate type person but like it kind of makes sense because you've done the football collaboration as well so it seems like oh this is what Judy does this is yeah 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 yeah. um I mean it's so also Tottenham Hotspur is one of their star players is a Korean guy named Son you know so that's Uh, also I think probably why they wanted to showcase some some Korean food and and in 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 the world of gaming all the top players are Korean you know, right. So, okay. Yeah. So, it, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me a bit about your work with City Harvest? Yeah. So City Harvest, um, I'm on the food council both in the United States and and in the United Kingdom, and I just think it's just one of the the the, the best like um, food charities out there because. They are a food rescue organization. Um, they don't cook food or anything like this. They rescue, okay. they rescue all of the food that is going out of date from all the supermarkets, you know, out there that really just throw it away otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, um, and or these large banqueting halls. And, and so they rescue tons and tons and tons of food, and then they deliver that food to the soup kitchens, to the churches, to all of the mm-hmm. um, houses and homes and community centers that need that food in order to feed their their communities. Um, mm-hmm. So they don't actually, you know, uh, cook food. They, they, they don't have kitchens. It's just a fleet of trucks, an army of trucks wow. that pick up food and drop it off. So it is... It is it is a, a logistical type of, of, of organization, I guess, at its core. But it's 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 message and what they do and, and the delivery of just redistribution of food is absolutely mm-hmm. imperative. And 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 you know the fact that there are just as many obese people in the world as they are starving just shows you that there mm-hmm. is this huge imbalance in the inequality of how food is distributed throughout the world. And even in our own communities within London, you know, it's. 
there, there's feast and famine just within our, our own side doorstep. by side side, side yeah. by side and it's it's um and there is more than enough food. There, there is an excess mm. of food. There's so much food wastage, it makes me sick. And so this organization, you know, helps combat that, that food wastage so that, you know, um, and, and it, so that nothing goes to waste. And you kill so many birds with this one stone too, because not only are you mm. feeding the, the homeless and the hungry, you're, you're contributing towards sustainability because there's no food waste. You're, you know, like you're, you're helping um, companies, like they don't have to dispose of things, you know, you don't have to, mm. so it, it solves so many different problems um, just, just through redistribution of, of food and rescuing food that would normally just, just go into the bin and rot somewhere. Yeah. So, what can we do to support their work? Is yeah. So, um, yeah, you can donate money. You can volunteer, obviously, because okay. um, it takes a lot of manpower, as you can imagine, to kind of um, kind of organize th- these things and, and drive the trucks and help load them up and get them to the right centers. But also, if you have any connections with any um, grocery stores or um, you know food stores, because like, it costs these these companies nothing, like the um, mm. Tesco's of the world and Marks Spencer. It costs them nothing, um, you know. And and these and these trucks would just come and pick up all the you know vegetables or steak or things that don't look mm-hmm. as pretty or um, you know are going to be out of date in like a day, and they'll just pick it mm. up, and um, and it'll go into somebody or a community that that needs it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's City Harvest. So go to their website and find out how you can volunteer, how you can donate, because it is such a a good and amazing thing to support. Um, Okay, so going going back to food, what is your favorite Korean dish? Korean food? My my Korean dish? Um, My favorite Mm. dish is a silken tofu seafood soup called sundu bujige. Oh my god, that's... Okay, I that's love mine it. as well. Oh, is it? Oh my god, it's it my is. favorite thing in the it's, world. It's like yeah. I only I can only cook two things, and that's because I forced myself to learn. And I I know how to make kimchi, and I know how to make that, and I think that's it. Uh. So because it's so nice, and like whenever I see it on a menu, I have to order it. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's so good. It's it's a joke that whenever I land in Seoul, Korea, like I just that's that's like my first meal is a good oh. it's a good bowl of sundubujige. Nice. Nice. Mm. Okay, good. This is making yeah. me happy that we have the same favorite dish. And related to that, what is your favorite food that isn't Korean? Um, sushi. What what manner? Because obviously there are lots of different types. Um, like classic, like nigiri, like just like okay. yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, I love a good, nice omakase. Yeah, oh. a sushi omakase. Yeah, I love sushi. Yeah. As, and, do you recommend any Japanese restaurants in in London? Which, which... Um, I mean, I go to this like little local kind of divey place called Kokoro around the corner for me in, Mar- in Marlebone quite a lot. I also love Chisu, okay. which is also around the corner fr- fr- from me. It's a little izakaya. Okay. Um, I know both. I know both. That's yeah, good. Um, but they're they're just on my doorstep. If, if I'm gonna go for something quite fancy or a bit more upscale i really like yashin um ah, south Kensington. i've not been there yeah <laughs> yashin's quite good um and i'm yet to go to endo on the rotunda so hopefully i can um, get i have there. been there oh how I, is I, it I went, it's amazing we went there for my husband's 40th birthday oh, and nice. it was 
I mean, it's a it's a bit of a yeah. It's it's kind of a bizarre where it is. It's actually it's it's next to. Hang on, which it's which next one to is Westfield next to? Shepherd's Bush. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but it's in like the old BBC building, I think. Uh, okay. Yeah. And so yeah, so it's a bit strange getting there because the building is quite a strange building. But then yeah, oh, so inside funny. it's just magic, and yeah. Endo Sun is just a genius. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, go, I want to. I want to. I have there. to go to Yashin. You have mm. to go to Endo. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I quite like this other place called Cube. Also, C U B E. Yeah, that's good too. I keep, yeah, I've seen ads for that. That yeah. looks good. It's good. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna pencil that in. Okay, so this is the question that I, I have to ask, which is because it's the name of the podcast. Do you use MSG? Um, I don't cook with MSG actively. I don't. <laughs> um, but my mom did growing up. You know, she had that okay. like little bottle of the Aji Momo or whatever it's like that with the. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but I don't mind it when it's in mm-hmm. things because it's in, it's in a lot of things. Um, and I can tell when it's in certain things. Like there are definitely burger places that I've been to. Like there oh, yeah. is definitely MSG yeah, in this. It's, and, it's not and, something that you want to use in a heavy handed way. And there are yeah. definitely places that are guilty of that. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like it. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, yeah, I was, I, like we don't, we don't cook with it and we, we don't use it at Silver, but maybe we should. I don't know. <laughs> if it's yeah. used appropriately, there's mm. no problem. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Okay, so my last question. Obviously, you are Korean American, so at the moment you're in New York, um, but you're normally based in, L- in London. Or do you do? You, where where is your heart? Where? Um, it's different. I mean, because I've been in the UK for like 17, 18 years now, you know, so I have a British yeah. passport and American passport. Um, I mean, I think like, I think I kind of, I feel, I feel more like a New Yorker because like, I kind of grew up in New York. Um, mm-hmm. But it gets quite hectic here. Like, it's kind of crazy, you know, so London is definitely a bit more of a peaceful place to be. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, London's crazy. I mean, and New York's crazy. It's just the which the, the, which the city is ruder. Oh, um, <laughs> I would say they're ruder. They're both rude in different ways. <laughs> yeah, like in um, in New York, you just get people who are just so rushed. They're just so busy, right. you know what I mean? So they don't, like, nobody has time and, like, whatever. Right, right. In, in London, there's kind of, like, a rudeness around, like, the whole class thing and your accent, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Yeah. It's a bit different, yeah. yeah. I, I think mm-hmm. that is a, a fair judgment on both cities. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for Thank your time. Thank you. Been a really fun and enlightening conversation. Wonderful, you too. Stay safe. And I hope you don't get snowed in. <laughs> this was the MSG Pod with Beanie A. The theme tune is by David Black and produced by Vellum Hill.